I V M. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories. On the podcast today, we chat with Sahana Kolor, a multi-talented personality with a penchant for travel. We discuss a lesser-known gem from Karnataka as Sahana takes us to the erstwhile Adil Shahi capital of Bijapur. Let's hop onto the episode and find out more. So, with that introduction, we'd love to welcome Sahana Kolor, a traveler, architect, educator, and blogger at vekework.com. Hi, Sahana. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's uh, really a pleasure to have you, and especially somebody with such a varied background uh, the intro about, i gave about you is really really uh, short and concise so why don't you speak a little bit more about you sana and different roles that you play hi i'm an architect like you said by profession i'm an architect uh, as a student i never enjoyed history of architecture much uh-huh. but uh, as i grew i understood building speaks to me so it's a very odd sentence many people may find it weird when i say building speaks to me but uh, i started realizing buildings speak to me there's histories and stories so that's how i was drawn towards history of architecture and then um from the profession i broke out a little bit not completely i'm still a practicing architect mm-hmm. then i started teaching at an architectural college uh, i teach many subjects and uh, history of architecture is my specialty so most of my travel revolves around historical places all around the world and india especially Okay, wonderful. Really looking forward to that and especially with your background I'm uh, sure we'll get some very interesting insights into the place we visit. Um so just as a tradition what we usually do at the Musafir stories is whenever we have a guest we request them to take us to a place and explain their experience um exploring that place, the culture, the architecture, right? That's also one aspect of it. So with that in mind, uh, where are you taking us to today? Today I'm taking you to one of the most underrated uh, place in India. Uh it's located in Karnataka. It's called Bijapur or you can call it Vijayapura. So there are two names for that. So it's located in the northern tip of Karnataka and it shares border with Maharashtra. And probably one of the few places where the place is filled with stories like mm. you can make a movie out of it and i'm sure the movie is going to be a 100 days uh, 100 <laughs> crore uh, movie hit so uh, it's full of uh, bollywood style of drama okay. but they're not stories but they are the reality realistic stories very 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 interesting and yeah like you rightly pointed out right at the beginning a very underrated place right forget about in india even in karnataka i would say a lot not a lot of people would know uh, much about bijapur um obviously there is a few places that are iconic and are synonymous with bijapur but there's obviously so much more in terms of history and stories and architecture that um usually we tend to miss out on and even my trip to bijapur probably goes back i don't know close to 30 years now when i was in school and uh 
a lot of it I've already uh, forgotten. So I'm really excited and looking forward to uh, hearing more of this from you and connecting back to my school trip that I'd done to Bijapur. Uh, but just to give a little bit of a context to our listeners as well, like you mentioned, this is in the northern part of Karnataka. Uh, she has a border with Maharashtra and not too far away from Bombay, Mumbai either, right? Uh, probably equidistant from Mumbai and uh, Bangalore for, for that matter. So uh, that uh, it's it's very accessible. But if one has to get here, um, how, how would you suggest getting here? Like what's the preferred mode of transport? Uh, another shocking truth is it's closer to Goa, ah. Panjim than Karnataka's capital, Bangalore. <laughs> yeah. And irony is that people who go to Goa tend to ignore this. Goa is one of the most famous places in India and I don't think anybody else in the world would say what is Goa, I have not heard of it. But when I say Bijapur or Vijayapura, people may get confused where it is. So it is Mm. just 300 kilometers from Goa. Mm. So to get there, uh, the proposition is there of the airport, which is going to be opened in 2023 on the papers. But I'm not sure if it will be opened by 2023. But uh, with the time, Indian railways have developed a lot, lot better. So Bijapur uh, sits in one of the main railway lines that connects Ahmedabad to the southern part of India, mm-hmm. Goa to other parts of India. So getting there by train is the easiest, I would say. Okay. So uh, it's 300 odd kilometers from Goa and uh, Telangana's capital Hyderabad is 380 kilometers and from Bangalore it's 530 kilometers. So uh, all these three places have uh, international airports. So if you get into any one of those, you can catch a train and come here. But the best thing is to land in Goa, have a nice beach vacation for a week or so mm-hmm. and then come here. Okay, wonderful. So yeah, it's very, very accessible that way and uh, does have a lot of other places of importance close by too. So you could uh, choose to either do it as a standalone vacation or mix it up with other places like Goa or Mumbai or Bangalore, like Sahana mentioned. Um, And also, Sahana, just in terms of um, when would be an ideal time to visit Bajapur and uh, plan an itinerary in Bajapur, what would you recommend given the climatic conditions of the place? Uh, before I tell, I just forgot to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. There are two Bijapurs in India, which okay. I was also unaware <laughs> of until I went to book my train ticket from Bangalore to Bijapur. Okay. So there is one Bijapur in Chhattisgarh and there is one Bijapur in Karnataka. So when you go to IRCTC website, make sure you are choosing the one that says Bijapur Karnataka or Vijayapura Karnataka. So the name uh, will get back to the history why it is Bijapura and Vijayapura. Mm-hmm. But uh, make sure that you're booking the uh, uh, ticket to the right Bijapur, which is in <laughs> Karnataka. So Bijapur is located in a hot, dry climate. So when I say hot, it is as hot as 45 degrees centigrade during summer. I would avoid at any cost going there April and May, saying that I went there twice or thrice and none of them was in mm. April. <laughs> and it was terribly hot, like probably four hours of roaming and we used to come back to the AC room and like (laughs) cool down till the evening. So I would suggest September to March beginning should be the ideal time where the temperatures go maximum up to 30 degrees centigrade. Hmm. I know 30 degrees centigrade itself (laughs) is hot, but uh, trust me, I have seen Bijapura people wearing sweaters (laughs) <laughs> when it is 25 degrees centigrade. Oh um, I had a colleague who was from Bijapur. Mm. So when Bangalore uh, reaches 20 degrees, she used to be like, what is this? Bangalore is becoming Himalaya or what? <laughs> then she is saying in Bijapur, sometimes we wear 
sweat is at the temperature of 25 degrees centigrade so september to march beginning should be the ideal time for visitors to go to bijapur okay wonderful yeah it, it uh, absolutely does tend to get really hot and dry so definitely plan your travel uh, more around the post monsoon slash winter seasons uh, just moving on quickly from here i know bijapur has usually been synonymous with a uh, few monuments and we'll definitely touch upon them uh, but even in terms of the history and the stories this has like a really really rich concoction right from the people who used to rule the place uh, we've seen rulers going back to the chalukyas in the 10th 11th century to the rashtrakutas yadavas and then Uh, some of the muslim kingdoms that were set up here right uh, so it has a very very rich uh, historical context as well that will add to these monuments as we explore them uh, do you want to share uh, some overview of the things that you learned uh, maybe before your travels and even while you were traveling in bijapur about the place about its rich history and the stories 100% uh, i try to learn before going for two reasons one uh, bef- when you go to a place which you or uh, have heard of or you know some interesting stories uh, the memories become like core memories i would say like mm. you connect with the place better so anywhere i go i read about the place uh, better and mm. uh, bijapur's most famous golgumbas is part of history of architecture syllabus mm. when I, where i teach mm-hmm. so you know how students are i have to keep them alive for 45 <laughs> minutes of the class so i really have to tell them stories apart from the architectural yes. uh, details so fortunately bijapur stories like i said it is very very engrossing so let me start with when it started with the initial part is not so like happening it's like any other state which was established in uh, 10th century by the chalukyas mm-hmm. um and they called it vijayapura that means city of victory mm-hmm. vijaya means victory city means nagar as you know so it's called as city of victory uh then came the yadavas who took over the city from um, chalukyas and then bahmani sultanates of gulbarga or kalburgi again there are two names for the mm. same place so it is located around 150 kilometers from bijapur so they took over the city bijapur so vijayapura became bijapur because of bahmanis mm. everything was happening fine bahmani was like the deccan sultans the triangular part of india what you see at the bottom of our map which is called as deccan the southern india it was under the control of bahmanis mm-hmm. so the story gets interesting now there are two things about the bijapur sultans the two stories the historians have not confirmed which one is true but both are interesting mm-hmm. so somewhere when in turkey uh ottomans were ruling and they were constantly fighting with romans so both the uh, empires were fighting for each other's glory what happened one of the ottoman kings uh, had two sons and only one of them could be coronated mm. so he could foresee the future where when his first son gets coronated gets the throne the second one might start the fight for the mm-hmm. throne mm. so what he does is he asks his servants to kill his second son thinking that it is good for his empire so mm-hmm. that the two brothers won't fight mm-hmm. uh but obviously the queen uh, feels sorry for the second son she goes to the market or the bazaars of turkey then she finds a 
Persian merchant whose name is Muhammad Gawan. He's a very famous merchant who has a high influence in Deccan uh, Plateau of yeah. India. Yeah. Uh, you must have heard of him for establishing the madrasas, mm -hmm. schools. Uh, he. Uh, he, he has a lot of prominence in uh, Karnataka's history. So she sells her son to Muhammad Gawan and she gives him a lot of money and says, take my son, go back, don't stay in Turkey, look after my son. I don't want anything else. So Muhammad Gawan takes the kid, goes back to Iran. So the guy who was born in Turkey was taken to Iran. So he studies Persian uh, language, he studies science and the guy is like uh, the son of Muhammad Gawan now. Mm -hmm. What happens, he comes to Goa, his eyes are on Mughal kings now, when he comes to India. So he lands in Goa, then he hears about Bahmani kingdom and then he sells this small boy to Bahmani kingdom as a slave. So the slave, the guy who had joined, who has joined Bahmani sultanates, uh, works in the horse stable mm -hmm. but he has learnt lot of Persian literature he knows science he knows maths so Bahmani kings were like oh quite an impressive guy to work in a stable let us make him the governor let let us give him a part of our kingdom to look after not like a king but like hey go take care of this region so they gave Bijapur to the guy who was working in the stable and then Bahmani kingdom starts to weaken by Vijayanagara Empire, which is Vijayanagara is associated with Hampi, which is world known to many tourists. So the fight between Vijayanagara and Bahmani increases. Bahmani kingdom breaks into five pieces. And the clever guy who worked in the stable, who was looking after Bijapur, now takes a quick move and says, I am the Sultan of Bijapur. I'm no longer under anybody who is under Bahmani. So I am going to call my kingdom Adil Shahi dynasty or Adil Shahi of Bijapur. And his name is Yusuf Adil Shah. So from Turkey, he went to Iran. He got sold to a king in uh, Goa. And then he claims his own kingdom in Bijapur. So this is the history, yeah. what historians say. And there is another side of the story where people say he was not the son of Turkish um, king, but he was a Georgian slave. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, wow, where is Georgia? Where is uh, Turkey? And yeah, Georgia and Turkey a little closer. But imagine a Georgian coming to southern India. So the total uh, story of how Bijapur gets established itself is really uh, crazy. So the kingdom gets established and of course like I have been to Iran and the some sense of poetry or their admiration towards literature, poetry, it's immense. So this guy becomes like the epitome of uh, the one who admires poetry and literature in India. So he gets people from Africa, he gets people from Rome, he gets people from Greece, of course from Persia and he often engages with them with uh, some um, architectural monuments, literature, gardens. Gardens are tough to make in uh, Bijapur because mm. there is a city of water. But still he tries to make something for the city. And it, during Adil Shah's reign, the city of Bijapur grew its to glory mm. until Aurangzeb, the Mughal emperor, yeah. uh, took it over. So he constantly... 
uh, invades Bijapur dynasty for around I think 15 months like mm. it's like long long war and then um, uh, in some 1690s or something uh, Aurangzeb takes over Bijapur and the Adil Shahi dynasty closes so this is the history of yeah. Bijapur yeah very very colorful like you rightly said um, and in terms of um, what would be a good amount of time to see and experience bijapur uh, like how, how long was your itinerary for actually how what people usually do is uh, they combine bijapur with badami aihole patitkal mm. so it's another temple trail which is which belongs to chalukya so mm-hmm. usually people go to bijapur in the morning see around three four places till the uh, next day and next day morning they leave to badami but i stayed in bijapur for two whole days mm-hmm. if you just want to see gulgomus then you yeah, just go spend an hour there come back it's fine but if you want to really understand bijapur and how the history has shaped the city you'll need two days is what i feel yeah absolutely so ideally a full weekend type of an itinerary would suffice but uh, easily can turn into a 3-4 day itinerary right if you want to take it really slow and stay there for some time you could easily do a longer itinerary as well and also what really blows my mind is like you mentioned um, Badami and some of the other places like Patatakal, Ahole they're not too far away from there and uh, literally from an architecture perspective they're like two ends of the spectrum right so so different from different periods obviously that was from the Chalukyan period but Still, I'm um, uh, so glad that not too far away from each other, you, you can experience uh, both ends of the spectrum, even purely from an architectural standpoint. So, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to uh, exploring more of uh, Bijapur with you. And uh, a couple of quick call-outs as well uh, in terms of, um, um, I think, just trivia and interesting connections. Uh, Mohammed Gavan, who, Mahmoud or Mohammed Gavan that you mentioned earlier on, who took on the young uh, Adil Shahi prince uh, from Turkey and he's been very influential and in, especially in Karnataka right as a merchant and later on as a chieftain for the Bahmani kingdom and you actually see some of the structures right like you mentioned the madrasa especially in Bidar I believe right is where the madrasa and all of that is uh, Faiza right my wife uh, she's actually from Bidar so there's that little bit of connection uh, to uh, yeah Mohammed uh, Mahmud Gavan as well and uh, his place and secondly the Adil Shahi kingdom or the Adil Shahi sultanate that we spoke of Shahji Bosle, right? Um, Chhatrapati Shivaji's father. He was a chieftain in the Adil Shahi kingdom. So he uh, actually fought for uh, Bijapur and back in the day he had Bangalore and Pune and a few other places as his Jagir, right? So very interesting connections of history and sometimes you do feel that it is a small world after all, right? There's like overlapping <laughs> from different periods and different people, uh, like in this case from the Maratha Empire, like uh, Chhatrapati Shivaji who would go on to form the Maratha Empire. So just wanted to uh, call that out as well real quick. But yeah, let's hop on to your itinerary and uh, f- find out what you did during your time. Tell us uh, how your itinerary was and where you started off. Because you mentioned Bidar, I just want to mention mm. one thing. Uh, the madrasa built by Muhammad Gawan, mm-hmm. if it was maintained, restored, conserved well, it would have exactly looked like something in Samarkand yeah. or Bukhara. Mm-hmm. Uh, the turquoise glaze tiles, the uh, mosaics, the uh, the turquoise dome, everything, the arched ways. Uh, every time I saw the sad state of how Bidar madrasa is maintained, mm. it breaks my heart and every time 
this is another uzbekistan part part yeah. of uzbekistan but i've been here but yeah unfortunately that is ill maintained yeah i think that's the curse of having too many monuments right we tend to like <laughs> not care about them it is definitely sad that uh, something that could have been preserved is um, no longer in the state that it was um, and yeah quickly moving on to bijapur and uh, some of the iconic monuments in bijapur that you saw uh, where would you want to start off with if you have come on the previous night like you had a good night sleep after your train journey i would say get up early it's okay if you lose sleep of uh, let's say get up getting up at 6 am i am talking about so it's not too early also head to golgumbas mm. it's one of the places where i have seen the most dreamiest sunrise ever so it's like uh, we walked from the hotel room so the streets were uh, still empty there were no tanga walas no auto rickshaw walas so we could walk faster and when you enter golgumbas campus you'll see one building which is built with black stones precisely basalt so you see that and you see one big gigantic dome sitting on top of it and you will assume that okay the dome is sitting on the first building what you are seeing mm. but the interesting part starts there it is not sitting on the first building you see in fact golgumbas sits on a a uh, mausoleum which is behind that museum what you see but oh. it's an optical illusion mm -hmm. where you see okay so i see the first building and the dome sits there no so the moment you walk towards the museum you'll realize the dome is going behind so it's it's a very weird optical illusion i would say mm. and to add to the charm golgumbas campus is maintained very well and then make sure you head there before the sunrise uh, you can visit the museum later but i would suggest you head to the main building first mm -hmm. so you'll see four turrets all around the square building of golgumbas mm -hmm. so uh, one of them is open so it's uh, around seven story height approximately 33 meter or something so you have to go inside one of the turrets and it's a spiral staircase that takes you to the terrace mm. the beauty yeah. of golgumbas lies in the terrace so once you go there you'll see the sprawling bijapur city and um, there are pedestals there are parapet wall with carvings and then there are so many small domes beside and you are actually you can touch the main bijapur golgumbas dome when you stand in the terrace mm. and there are so many parakeets who have made golgumbas as their home so they are in their highest activated mode early in the morning so sit there watch the sunrise trust me you will not regret it it's like one big giant orange rises out of nowhere and the way the color of golgumbas changes it's really amazing and it's one of the most peaceful time inside in golgumbas because the moment it hits 10 o'clock the tourist starts coming the sure. inevitable tourist make that place lively but you need some quiet time for yourself also once you're done then you start seeing the building so once you see the sunrise it feels like you're not in india you you you, you don't know where you feel where you are mm. it's the place gives you that kind of a feel so once you're there then you go to the whispering gallery from the terrace the access to the whispering gallery is from the terrace that's okay. where the magic happens mm -hmm. so uh, the bijapur uh, golgumbas dome it's actually the second largest non reinforced dome mm -hmm. the entire dome is built with masonry and plaster 
water mm-hmm. so there is no reinforcement used so the first largest is uh, st peter's in rome in vatican city mm-hmm. the second largest is our india's golgumbus dome oh, wow the magic of this place is it's called as a whispering gallery for example if you say hi mm-hmm. you can it echoes for seven times you, you need not even raise your voice if you even just clap really slowly or just snap your fingers you can hear it for the seven times so you have to do this before tourist comes because mm-hmm. the moment tourist come they love this spot so most <laughs> of the time you will uh, uh, hear uh, boys saying i love you i love you chinnu i miss you why did you leave me and they sing some sad songs all these things keep happening it's fun to watch but yeah you should experience how it works so once you are done that then you can come down slowly yeah it's little tires and i won't say uh, people with knee problems can climb that uh, it is tough and there's no other way to go up mm-hmm. and down so then you come down then you see the building like then you'll realize that uh, it's one of the unique building you will see because there is a part of the building which is built in uh, wood they wanted to make it colorful with the colored glasses and things but that part is not done and up there is part of stucco work which artisans have started but it was never complete but still the building looks complete so it's there is some kind of sense i, I always say it's something like when you see brad pitt's face you feel so happy no or mm-hmm. when you say <laughs> or uh, ranveer singh's face if you see if i see i feel very happy so bijapur golgumbus has such a face where you feel So there is something soothing about it. Mm. So take a walk around and there are many, there are smaller buildings in the complex which was used as uh, Dharamshala which is like a tourist lodge mm. and uh, things like that. So in the ground floor, actually it's just one chamber. It looks gigantic. It's around 50 meter tall building but it's just one chamber inside mm. where there are cenotaphs of the king who built it. Uh, and actual grave is buried in the basement so mm-hmm. what you see in the ground floor it's just the cenotaph mm. so that's about the glorious uh, golgumbas i know it's uh, absolutely beautiful to the eye and obviously given the time you visit it right early morning during sunrise it amplifies the whole experience uh, like a few times over and b- beyond that even like for somebody like you with a background in architecture i'm sure looking at this was uh, really like uh, <laughs> the one of the best experiences right so i'm glad that you had that and uh, uh, and i'm sure like this is uh, like i was referring to from the beginning right so bijapur is usually synonymous with the golgumbas right this is the place that people usually relate to um, but beyond this as well there's uh, a lot of other monuments uh, obviously smaller and a little more offbeat but i'm sure you had a chance to visit those as well as a part of your uh, itinerary where did you uh, move on after spending time at uh, the golgumbas and the whispering gallery and uh, the overall complex uh, we had breakfast in a nearby hotel and we moved on to uh, jama masjid the word okay. jama means congregational so mm-hmm. it's a congregational mosque i won't say it's architecturally amazing or something but again the stories are interesting people whom you meet there are very very kind and they want to tell their stories on how aurangzeb came here and he wanted to change the entrance of the mosque itself mm. so some part of the mosque is like there, there are turrets coming up and suddenly it has stopped and some part of the archways are uh, decorated with stucco but the next one is empty it feels very unique and weird like 
why didn't they complete this mosque so it's a nice place and if you're tired after walking so much up and down you can easily chill in the jama masjid it's clean it's neat it's vast and not too many people come there then uh, i would say you can move on to something called as bara kamal so again okay. um, uh, bara means 12 so kamal means arches Uh, the person who built Golgumbas, Muhammad Adil Shah, it, it's his tombs, his uh, grave lies there in Golgumbas. When his son wanted to build Bara Kamal as like an intended competitor for his dad's building, it's like, <laughs> oh, my father did this. I want to. I'm going to do something bigger than that. Yeah, ambition is great, but you need to have the right technology also, right? So right. in 1672, like, what bigger can could you do better than Golgumbas? the guy didn't have much uh, thought on this so he started something with 20 feet high pedestal and so many stones and he started with some giant arches so all you see here are stone arches bending up and down sideways in all three directions and his own father killed his son telling that oh you wanted to better build than me no you're not going to do he killed his own son so that he will not build something bigger than what he has built again one more spicy story <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no dearth of uh, spicy stories and drama here in bijapur looks like yeah yeah <laughs> and then there are uh, smaller uh, places like um, malik maidan uh, upal burj where you see uh, it's like uh, bijapur was fortified so mm-hmm. where they keep this uh, their armories and uh, things like that so it's uh, you can take a tanga and usually they show you one uh, chart or card they have they're like madam i'm going to take you to all these 12 places you just have to sit and each place is smaller place like 5 5 minutes or 10 minutes it, some places are just a facade but it looks very interesting so there are places like that which is malik maidan and uh, apple burj and things like that but the best part of taking this tanga ride no they take you through the residential area mm-hmm. Be, like you mentioned the maratha influence in uh, uh, bijapur there are many uh, wadi or wada they call mm-hmm. the wadas uh, yeah wadas so there are many many historical houses and i wanted to get inside one but of course it's a private property right. and the shop uh owner who was uh, right next to the property said madam this house was built for around 100 people three people live there so imagine living in such a house so it had uh, clay tile mala windows wooden carvings wooden pillars it looked beautiful so this tanga ride of 3 hours no so it it is really blissful yeah you will see many places hmm. and you will see lots of beautiful houses it's like uh, like you said if you keep on restoring everything in bijapur i don't know how much money we need hmm. <laughs> because there is so many things to be conserved and most of these houses have uh, stone walls and cast iron floor and pattern grills and things so it's it's like you you go back in time when you go to bijapur uh, residential areas so obviously now it's too hot by mm. the time you would have reached these all these destinations right. using tanga so have a nice meal at one of the khanawalis khanawali means where they sell uh, jowar rotis yeah mm, uh, lots of pulse and uh, a big 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 chunk of butter on top of your jowar roti so 
it's it's much needed especially uh, one of the famous um, place is called siddhilingeshwara kanavali near barakamman mm-hmm. so uh, it's uh, it's cheap it's around 80 rupees that's all mm-hmm. so uh, you have a meal go to your ac room i'm mentioning ac room because you must book an ac room when you're in <laughs> yeah you respect so, the time yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so true so chill till the evening in the room because uh, the afternoons get pretty hot so you may feel there is nothing in bijapur but there is a lot in bijapur and the weather should actually support you right like you can't go out when it's 35 and yeah. the heat is very pricky so now we have been talking about all um, islamic monuments mm-hmm. but there is something which is related to hinduism in bijapur itself mm-hmm. and i'm not at all a fan of modern architecture but this shiva temple in bijapur it has it's the india's largest shiva statue it's located around 7 to 8 kilometers from the city you take an auto rickshaw mm. go there the place is well maintained again it's a beautiful place to watch sunset literally um, uh the shiva sitting in the meditating pose during mm-hmm. that time it feels really good and outside the shiva temple you'll all have this uh, uh mirchi mandaki uh, bajji bondas and mm. all the local uh, snack corners so you can have all that and come back to your room and your day one is done yeah definitely the shiva statue that is speaking of right i think they call it as the shivagiri park that is magnificent uh, but i've heard uh, i don't know conflicting reports uh, there's another one in murdeshwar also that's huge right the shiva statue uh, that's built in murdeshwar either way it's one of the biggest in india i believe and uh, definitely uh, i think especially around uh, evenings if you go there it should be a great one and uh, the other thing you mentioned right kanavalis i'd like to double click on that a little bit more also uh, this is <laughs> uh, like the popular cuisine i would say of north karnataka right the jowar belt as we call it and uh, it's very very popular for the jowar roti rotis or uh, jolad roti like we call them uh, along with a lot of pulses and uh, purely vegetarian i think primarily lingayat food right uh, vegetarian and it uh, comes with a variety of uh, pulses and your uh, brinjal curries and uh, what not it's really mouth watering i had a chance uh, again back in the day one of my friends from chitradurga had taken us and uh, we had a chance to like eat authentic food in, in chitradurga but you'll find these across a lot of districts in northern part of karnataka so if you're there make sure to visit one of the khanavalis but um, really something that you have to have to try out while in bijapur would you agree sahana yes totally especially <laughs> when you said brinjal curry my mouth started watering i'm like oh i want to eat endgai now with a lot of butter on my jowar roti <laughs> yeah 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 uh, but this is what almost the end of day 1 what is planned for day 2 So the next most beautiful monument or the place in um, Bijapur is Ibrahim Rauza. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a mosque with a mausoleum for an Adil Shahi king. Mm-hmm. So it's a vast ca- uh, complex which has a basement, and the basement is supported with arches, and it's set in a beautiful park. So it feels like. Um, uh somehow you get that uh, movie jodha akbar feel when mm. you walk in the pathway with the uh, green park on either side and you can even uh, hear azimo shanchahanshah <laughs> <laughs> i felt so so uh, you go there then you see two buildings on sitting little bit away from each other so here 
again it reminded me of iran a lot because of the stalactites and the stucco works mm. so uh, the roof is interesting the carvings is interesting the ki- small kitkis or the grilled windows are interesting so i don't know which ka- part of uh, ibrahim rauza is left undetailed so mm. and there used to be a small uh, i think it's called as house in persian where so, they uh, uh, with the waters uh, sprout in the middle yeah, yeah fountain uh that is not there now but just the space is there so that part is really good and i would suggest again you need not get up every day at 6 am i know you are on a holiday <laughs> but uh, going there before the crowd hits the place is really good mm. i would suggest either go early in the morning or end your day with that okay. so once you are done with ibrahim rauza it's little bit away from the city so any auto rickshaw if you ask they'll take you there um there is no ola or uber in bijapur it's either tanga or uh, mm. uh, the auto rickshaw so then you come back uh, i would suggest you have kadak roti for breakfast so mm-hmm. it's another version of jolad roti yeah. the jowar roti what we were talking about earlier so it's hard it's yeah. hard as papad mm-hmm. uh, and it's usually sold by old ladies uh, they'll wrap it up in their pure cotton white clean cloth they would have made those rotis at home they'll give you pot of curd thick curd mm. uh, kadak roti and they give you chili green chili mm-hmm. <laughs> bite along with it yeah it may not be for everyone it's not for me also but yeah uh, and they give onion so it's kind of a light breakfast and i always b- believe in giving it to the local economy so sure. uh, it, it it's nice you can have a chat with them and don't forget to observe their sarees mm-hmm. most of people in bijapur ways ilkal sarees mm-hmm. especially the older generation mm-hmm. so it's another place near bijapur near mudor between mudor and uh, uh bijapur it's a place called ilkal which is famous for uh, cotton weaving cotton woven sarees it is exported to maharashtra also so uh, it's characterized by uh, solid colors with uh, border and stripes in the pallu so and it's one of the soft softest fabric you can ever get so the moment you see the ilkal saree you'll know that these guys are from north karnataka especially from uh, they are from either bidar mm-hmm. bijapur or gulbarga and also i forgot to mention when you are walking on the road don't forget to observe the dogs <laughs> mm. i am a dog lover i have uh-huh. three dogs at home in my native <laughs> the dogs i'm talking about here are special Mm-hmm. because they are called as mudol hound actually the, though we give them the name they are the stray dogs of bijapur so they have tall thin sl- leg and they have a very very slender body and when the moment you look at them you feel that they are uh, malnutritioned or underfed or something like that mm. but trust me they are one of the best hunted dogs of india yeah. so all the estate guys and all they bring these dogs from mudol to their estates to keep the deer and bison away mm-hmm. so once all that is done <laughs> on the second day you can go to uh, after uh, visiting ibrahim rosa i would say you go to the market mm-hmm. shastri it's called as shastri market lal bahadur shastri market honestly i was expecting something like a bazaar vibe because i had seen so much connection with bijapur to turkey and iran i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i'm going to enter one bazaar like how i did in uh, istanbul or mm-hmm. isfahan uh, but it's not 
but the market is so nice mm. and as a vegetarian i am a vegetarian mm. but i have never seen so many pulses at one shot or one go there the the market smells really good i i honestly i don't know the name of many pulses what they sell here mm. and it's mostly wholesale market but as a curious tourist you go and ask them they even give you like i i ate many raw pulses there <laughs> <laughs> and there are um, chilli mandi mensinkai mandi the, the pungent smell hits you and you start sneezing you know you're near a mensinkai mandi <laughs> so the piles of variety of chilies um and the market is very very colorful and i love to listen to people bargaining Mm-hmm. whether it's a man or woman they say 100 rupees you ask for 20 rupees then they come to 40 rupees so uh, i think like, we spent almost two and a half hours there and we bought something called a shenga chutney which you may be aware of or mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, made out of uh, groundnut which you can use it as a paste or a dip for uh, rotis chapatis and things so you can shop and you can buy all this weird looking frames and things pure jaggery chia seeds so uh, it's like one food vaganza like i i didn't know that i could eat so many things until i went to uh, bijapur market okay wonderful uh again like i said uh, thank you so much for uh, taking time out to uh, literally take us back in time right and share not just the places to see and their beauty but um so nicely connecting all of them to the back stories and the history and the connections to it as well uh, and uh funnily enough it's like going back in time but even for me it was like going back in time because uh sahana and i uh, share the same educational institution i can say uh, we were just chatting before we started the recording uh, sahana actually teaches architecture history at the same place where i did my uh undergrad <laughs> so that also kind of took me back in time uh, although it's been like 20 years now <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for uh, so beautifully taking us through this very very underrated and underappreciated place in um, Karnataka and in India and uh, shedding so much the much needed light attention and awareness about this place and uh, more so about uh, about its uh, hidden or not hidden but lesser known histories right so thank you so much sahana and it was a pleasure to have you on the musafir stories thank you so much thank you so much that was just another great episode on the musafir stories Make sure to show us some love by sharing the podcast with your friends and family. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Musafir Stories. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or the website. Follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Music